Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, this is March the 6th and another podcast. Um, looking at the news, watching Russia and Ukraine, I want to kind of uh, expound on what I was talking about earlier in a couple of other podcasts. Um, I truly believe that we are watching the beginnings of Ezekiel 38 fulfill and be filled out in front of our uh, in front of our eyes. Um, Isaiah 17, uh, Matthew, <clears throat> and Revelation all kind of point towards this direction. Um, Iran is going to get a, an agreement with the United States to produce a nuclear bomb. And, of course, everyone knows that Iran is one of the largest state sponsors of, <coughs> of uh, terrorist or terrorist activity in the world. And yet here we are making a, uh, an agreement with them to allow them to not only come up with a nuclear weapon, but to begin to sell the oil that they have, um, which is going to help sponsor and uh, give them resources to continue what they're doing. But we know these things must happen. Um, Ezekiel 38 basically says that Syria... Um, Damascus will become a heap, a, a ruinous heap, <clears throat> and that um, it will be in, uninhabitable. Well, as we know now, and I've mentioned before in other um, podcasts, Russia has a huge, huge um, armament de- uh, depot in Damascus as we speak, <clears throat> and uh, Israel has made several flybys into Damascus, and they've blown up several things. And Russia is now advocating for the Syrians, threatening Israel not to fly over there, uh, the Damascus anymore. Russia, excuse me, Russia and um, Persia, which is Iran and uh, Turkey, are all going to develop a cohesive um, sort of a NATO, if you might. <clears throat> when you see this happening, actually, when you see when you see Russia heading to Syria, leaving Ukraine and taking its forces down to Syria, then I think you can look to the sky because Christ is coming back soon. Now, I'm a firm believer in the rapture. I believe that Jesus even said, pray that you escape these things. You know, he was trying to tell the people, you know, there is a way out of all this that's coming, the seven-year tribulation that's coming. pray that you escape it pray that you have a way out and uh, you know what people don't realize is that when Jesus came to the earth he came to the Jews he came as a Jew he came to speak to the Jews he came to talk about Jewish customs and Jewish culture he didn't come to speak about you know uh, Anglo-Saxon culture he didn't come to talk about uh, any other culture in America I mean in the world um, but Jewish, he chose he chose the Jewish people for whatever reason. He chose them. You know, we may never know. We I'm sure we'll know eventually, but we don't know now. But the fact is that he chose the the Jewish people. He chose to come down here to live as a Jew, to be born as a Jew, into a Jew family, and practice Jewish customs. And when he, when he did all that, he spoke as a Jew. He walked as a Jew. He talked as a Jew. 
He studied as a Jew. He even said, you know, I did not come to destroy or abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. The law was, was perfect to the Jews because it had been given by Moses. <clears throat> they had the 613 commandments, and they also had the Ten Commandments. Well, the 613 laws and then the Ten Commandments. But Jesus came to tell them, basically to show them, look, you can't live out the law. You'll never, you'll never ever live out the law. And the reason you won't live out the law is because you're human and you can't do it. So I'm here to tell you that my, my life and my death on the cross is so you can understand you don't have to live out the law. And so you can live by grace alone. And so when Jesus came, he offered grace, something that they've never heard of before. Grace was something that was given. It wasn't earned. You didn't have to, you know, jump through any hoops. You just simply had to accept it. It was like a free gift sitting on a table with your name on it. You just go pick it up. And so because of that, <coughs> because of the grace that was given by Christ on Calvary when he died, a lot of the Jews, a lot of the people said, no, that's not true. We don't want to believe that you know, the law that, we've, that we have uh, embraced all these years and learned to love and learned to live in and studied every day, the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, you know, and the religious uh, people of the day, you know, they didn't want to, they didn't want to believe that that was, you know, something that was not going to help them anymore. They, they place so much, they place so much um, accountability into the law that they didn't want to give it up. And so they refused to accept the gift that Jesus offered which was free salvation. Now, not all of them did, but a lot of them did. <clears throat> and then Jesus told his disciples, go and offer this now to the Gentiles, okay? Which was anyone who wasn't Jew. And so they did. So the original, the initial offer of salvation was to the Jewish people. And so when they rejected it, when they rejected the free gift of salvation through Christ, they, they basically said, we're going to live by the law because the law is what saves us. And so Jesus was, um, Jesus was very disappointed, but <laughs> he wasn't surprised. It wasn't, he wasn't caught by surprise that this happened. And so he offered it then to the Gentiles and he told, you know, uh, his disciples, <coughs> I'm going to deal with the Jews at another time. Okay. Right now, I'm going to deal with the Gentiles. And so he offered to the Gentiles, and the Gentiles accepted it. Now, it's not to say that Jews have not accepted that free gift of salvation. They have, and they're called Messianic Jews, um, which is, uh, Messianic is just a word for Christian in, in Hebrew. Um, so, as he took this free gift, he left it on the table for the Jews to pick up any time. But he gave them a warning, a stark warning when he left. He said, you know, I will not, you will not see me again until I hear you stand on this mountain and call out my name. In other words, I'm not coming back to you because I've come to live and show you how to live. <coughs> and I've taught you and I've preached to you and I've shown you the way and you've rejected me. And now you've killed me. And so now when I come back, only way I'm going to come back is when you stand upon these, this ground and these hills and you say, Jesus, save us, basically. I'm paraphrasing, but, but when you call on me, I will come back, but not until then. 
Well, if you know Jewish culture and you know Jews, they do not believe that Jesus was the Son of God. They believe that he, at best, they believe that he might have been a good prophet, and that's about it. <clears throat> and so, now fast forward to modern day, okay? Jesus said, in the last days, men shall be lover of them, lovers of themselves. They shall be covetous. They shall be lawlessness. Um, there shall, the, 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 the uh, children shall rise up against their parents. Um, there shall be earthquakes and famines and pestilence and uh, wars and rumors of wars. Well, we know that, you know, pestilence, we've had COVID for, you know, what, two years now? Whether it killed a million or more people, it doesn't really matter. We have pestilence. We have famine. Um, they're starving to death in, in countries right now. Um, the, uh, the wars and rumors of wars... <clears throat> There's a war going on right now in Syria. There's a war going on in Iraq and Iran. Um, it's internal fighting. Uh, we know there's a war going on right now in Ukraine, Russia, one of the largest uh, military uh, uh, countries, militar militaristic countries, is coming against little old Ukraine. And um, just a side note, uh, Ukraine is sort of the black sheep of the Russian family. They've always been thought of as less than anyone else in the Russian Federation. They were treated as though they were always third class. Um, so it's, no, it's not unusual that Russia would come against Ukraine um, because they've always seen them as you know, less than human, kind of like here in the United States, um, you know, if we were to go after the Native Americans, which we put on reservations. You know, it wouldn't be it would be no surprise that we would do that because we've done that to them since the inception of, of American colonists coming to America. Okay. So as Russia wars with Ukraine, um, I believe personally that they that Russia is just expanding its territory. I think we're seeing a a uh, <coughs> um, a repeat of what Hitler did. And Poland sees it. That's why they've taken in 600-something thousand Ukrainians and they're taking care of them because Poland sees that, you know, they remember what Hitler did when he came in. You know, and he came into Poland. I think he took it over, what, a couple of weeks? <clears throat> Poland sees this because they, they remember the past. A lot of us have forgotten the past. A lot of us, there are people out there who, who now say that the Holocaust wasn't even real. And uh, it was real, and, and there were 8 million Jews plus killed. And, uh, but when we forget our past, we have to relive it again. And that's what we're seeing now, I think, with Russia. But I'm going to tell you, there are some supernatural things going on in Ukraine, something you probably didn't know. Maybe you do know this. Um, um, Zelensky, the, um, the uh, president of, of Ukraine, is a Jew himself. Uh, he is a Christian Jew, but he's a Jew. And I believe there's something to that. And so there have been reports of planes being shot down by uh, nothing. Planes just being hit by lightning. They call it lightning. There was a convoy that was destroyed um, that uh, the Ukrainian witnesses said it looked like a bolt of lightning came out of the sky and destroyed the convoy and killed everyone in the convoy that was Russian. 
the Russians were under the impression that the Ukrainians had some sort of special weapon that they did not know about. And so it caused a lot of confusion there. Uh, there was another story about um, Ukrainians praying that the Russians would be confused and fight each other. Well, that actually happened in a small uh, village. The Russians came in, thought the other Russians were the Ukrainians and fired upon them and they ended up killing each other. And there, there's a place in the Bible where that happened, where, where there was a battle going on and God turned the enemies against themselves and they killed each other. <coughs> so we're seeing supernatural things happen. God's hand is happening. What he's doing, I believe, now I say all that to say this, I believe the next step is going to be Russia's going to pull out of Ukraine, slowly pull out and move their forces south towards Israel into, into Syria and specifically Damascus. <coughs> They've already started moving a lot of their troops and their equipment into Damascus. I found this out the other day. Israel is now charged with um, negotiations between Russia and Ukraine. I didn't, I, I can't imagine how that came about, um, but they did. And so I don't know where that's going or how that's progressing, but I do know that Israel is involved. Um, a lot of Ukrainians who are, who are Jewish um, live in Israel. I know that because I was in Israel and I met a lot of Ukrainians there. <coughs> and I learned that they, um, that they come out of Ukraine, a lot of them, and they are Jewish and, they, and they're, they're Christian Jews. But because they're Jewish, they can claim Aliyah, which is they can go back to the land. And so I can see why um, uh, Israel would be involved. Um, the next thing that I think we're going to see is Russia's unilateral pullout of Ukraine. And then they're going to head down to Syria. And now why would they head to Syria into Damascus? Because now Iran has the bomb. They're going to use it on Israel. I believe they're going to try. Um, but I believe it's going to fire. It's going to be a... God's going to protect them, basically. Because God's not going to allow Israel to be destroyed yet. <coughs> it's just not in his timeline. But, but Russia is going to... All these uh, sanctions that the world's uh, banks and, and leaders are now imposing against Russia is cutting them off at the bank their resources and it takes money to fight a war it also takes money to keep your nation up and so Russia is now feeling the uh, the constraints of these um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for um, in embargoes and things like that I'm sorry I lost my train of thought but Russia's feeling the the uh, they're getting hit in the gut, basically, financial gut, by all of these constraints and banks closing them down. And now MasterCard and Visa have stopped allowing uh, its usage in Russia. And so they're, I think the reason Vladimir Putin will be looking towards Israel is because, number one, he'll be pissed off with Israel because um, it just seems that, you know, everybody's pissed off at Israel for some reason or other because they seem to prosper when others aren't. But... <clears throat> but I believe Vladimir Putin, Putin will see the, uh, the uh, immense gas, natural gas, and oil that Israel has discovered 
and that they have down there and that they're going to take that oil and gas, all those energy reserves, and, and they're going to take it from Israel because it'll be just so easy. Israel will be fine, prime pickings. And so they're making a deal with Syria. They've already made a deal with Syria. They'll make a deal with Iran, which is which is Prussia. And, um, and of course, um, um, they'll come down that way, leave Ukraine in ruins, okay? And then they're going to start focusing their efforts on Israel. Now, when we see Damascus become a, uh, a ruinous heap, now, there's not, there's not clear indication in the Bible whether that happens before the rapture or right after the rapture, but this is, this is my, my theory. I believe that it could happen simultaneously. In other words, the ruinous heap of Damascus and the rapture could occur at the same time. And, or they could occur within minutes of each other or you know, within an hour of each other. It doesn't really matter. Um, I don't think that we will see it, so I believe that it will happen just before we're taken. <coughs> when you see Russian troops head down to Syria, leaving Ukraine, look to the sky because redemption draweth nigh. We are leaving this world. We're going to heaven to celebrate the marriage supper of the Lamb. <coughs> Now, this is what's going to happen, I believe, and this is just my theory. I believe Obama will step into the role of the Antichrist. Now, that's pretty dangerous of me to say, um, considering that you know we live in a world where people listen uh, to everything you say. So if you don't hear from me after this, and I've said this, chances are they probably closed my mouth. I hope they don't, but if they do, they do. <clears throat> I believe Obama will step into the role of the Antichrist because he is the only world leader right now who could probably fill that, that position. I don't think Hillary Clinton could. I don't think Joe Biden could. I don't think that, um, uh, um, trying to think of any major world leaders, I don't think Macron could. I don't think that Germany's leader could. <coughs> I don't even think Putin could do it, even as, as popular as he is. I believe it's Obama for... For several reasons, um, his mother was Jewish, his father was uh, Islamic, and he would appeal to both sides down in the Middle East, to the Jews and to the Is Islamist. <coughs> he is well known in America. He's well liked in America. At least 50% of America trusts him. Um, the the French people. A large portion of the French people wanted him to come and run for for the president of France. Um, he's friends with the uh, Prince Harry, <laughs> who I believe is absolutely involved in all of this this darkness. I believe Prince Harry will be the king of England. I think that William, his wife, and his children will disappear when the rapture comes. I believe the Queen of England will disappear if she's still alive. And um, Charles will, will leave too, but I believe Harry will be left behind because I think he has rejected Christ. And I think that he has accepted the hand that Obama has offered him. And uh, <clears throat> I don't think he'll be the false prophet, but I do believe that he'll have an active role in the new uh, Antichrist uh, administration. I believe that Obama will come on the scene. Let's just, let's just play this out, okay? Damascus um, 
is in heap, it's a ruinous heap, okay? It's, uh, we're thinking that maybe a nuclear weapon is discharged there, which would make it a ruinous heap, basically. And it would level it out, and it would be unlivable, unattainable, uh, untenable, all these things. <coughs> Only a nuclear weapon, a, 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 a sizable nuclear weapon could do that, okay? I'm thinking that Iran's nuclear weapon is going to be shot into Israel, but it's going to backfire and it's going to come into Damascus and kill everybody in Damascus. And when it does that, it's going to inflame and enrage Russia and they're going to, they're going to threaten nuclear war, <clears throat> but then millions of people are going to be vanishing all around the earth. Babies and children and women and, and men and <clears throat> they're going to be disappearing around the earth and it's going to blow everybody's mind. It's going to freak them out, which it would freak me out if it happened. Now, granted, these are people that don't believe in God. They don't believe in the Bible. They think that, you know, the earth is, is this living thing that we should worship because it's the created. So they don't really think of a God who created everything, including us, and set up this world. So they're thinking uh, with, their, with their human brains, which, you know, you can't, you can't be a Christian and, and have faith and not have a... Well, let me, let me rephrase that. You can, you can have faith, but you can't explain faith intellectually. <laughs> a lot of intellectuals don't like to believe in faith because it cannot be explained. It's, it's something that they say, well, we can't explain it. It's like gravity. can't explain it, yet they believe in it. But um, it, they're more scientific in their, in their approach. And so anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that these people who are left behind are are trying to figure things out on their own level, on their own human understanding, which is limited. Okay, so imagine, you know, imagine millions of people are missing around the earth. There's been a nuclear bomb exploded in Syria. The world is watching. Um, everybody's terrified because they, you know, they th they're wondering when's the next nuclear war coming. We're probably approaching World War III. And everybody's just absolutely losing their minds, losing their minds. Imagine people are killing themselves. They're blowing their brains out. They're taking pills. They're jumping off the tops of buildings. Um, they're stepping in the, in the way of cars and trains just to kill themselves. It's mass pandemonium. It's chaos. Who comes on the scene, imagine, Here's a face on every screen across America, across the world, in fact, and it's Obama. And he comes on the screen, and maybe he has Prince Harry with him, okay, who, is, who will soon be the, the, the king of England when they, when they can't find William and all of his family. So Prince Harry is soon to become the king. He knows that, but he's, you know, he's appealing to people's senses. He's, he's saying, you know, uh, Obama and I, <coughs> are here to to bring peace and to you know bring peace around the world. Now, who wouldn't want peace around the world? I mean, heck, uh, I would love peace around the world. That would be awesome if, if you know there was no fighting around the world. So Obama is going to pull the resources of the world together, and together he's going to build up a coalition, and he's going to have this incredible army of policemen and military personnel who are coming together under one complete rule, which is peace around the earth. And it says that he'll bring peace to the earth. It says the Antichrist will bring peace, but it's a false peace. <clears throat> now, what does it mean by false peace? It means it's not going to last. 
okay? It's like when Hitler promised not to invade Russia. It didn't last. People thought there was a, there was a peace there. You know, uh, you know they, they'd made some sort of agreement, some sort of contract that he wasn't going to invade. So people of Russia were happy and, you know, the people of Germany were happy. <coughs> people around the world were happy, but it didn't last. It was a false peace, okay? The Antichrist is going to do the same thing. And people are going to be so afraid, so terrified, so absolutely just psychotic that they're going to want to believe anything that says things are going to get better. And then he is going to bring peace to the earth. And I believe it'll be a real peace at that point. It's just a false peace. And that he will, you know, do away with these cartels and he'll do away with these people that are hurting other people. And it'll seem like he is the most kind, most gentle person in the world. Um, I, I assume that the, uh, <coughs> that the Pope will be involved in this in some way and that the Catholic Church will take an active role in helping to create a one world religion, which I believe that one world religion will be related or connected to um, nature and the creation of the world. In other words, climate change is gonna take front seat. We're gonna talk about the climate, we're gonna talk about the earth, we're gonna talk about how we must treat Mother Earth, and, and that's gonna become the new uh, religious um, mantra, okay? now. The word says that, you know, the Antichrist comes into power and for the first three and a half years, there are, it is a, it is a, uh, a peaceful period, okay? So people are going to be, you know, having celebrations around the world and, you know, larger cities and everything. They're going to have these celebrations where everybody's happy and peaceful and, you know, people can be what they want to be. They can love who they want to love. They can do whatever they want to do. They're going to, you know, probably burn Bibles and, you know, they're going to, they're going to take the internet and they're going to clean it and, and uh, keep, you know, go through it with some sort of algorithm that you know, mentions God or, or the Bible or anything like that. And they're going to get rid of it. So they're going to purge all these things that are going to cause people to question what the new, what the new world order is. And then to gather everybody in, you know, they're gonna they're gonna make Obama look like he is literally the second coming of Christ. He is Christ, and so eventually he will be perceived as the Christ, the returning Christ. <coughs> and it's so convincing that he even convinces Israel, which I think is incredible because they don't even like Jesus, but they see him as the second coming as well. So. He does a really good job of performing miracles in front of them, and he's got a false prophet who does these things, and he's got the beast, which I believe the beast is not necessarily a, a thing. It is a system. <clears throat> People talk about, you know, taking the mark of the beast. Well, I heard the news the other night, and they were talking about Zelensky, and they were saying that he was a marked man. Well, you know, that's a figurative speaking. Um, he wasn't really marked. They didn't put a mark on him, but he was marked as a marked man, okay? I believe that the Antichrist and the, or the beast system is a system by which you participate in. You can't buy, sell, barter, trade, <clears throat> um, except he who has the mark. And I believe the mark is when you enter your, maybe your, uh, uh, your retinal scan, maybe it's your fingerprints. Um, <clears throat> I believe it's your retinal scan because he said a mark on the forehead uh, and a mark on the right hand. I think the right hand would indicate the um, the fingerprints and uh, on the forehead was not necessarily the forehead, but the eyes, 
the, um, the, the way the eyes, uh, everybody's um, retinal scan is just like their um, uh, fingerprints. It's unique to them only. So I believe, you know, for people who may not have a right hand, they could use their retinal scan. For those who may not, who may, who may be blind, could have their right hand. So I think it's an optional thing. <laughs> but I think once you enter, like say for instance, they say, okay, um, you, Dan, you need to go and, and, and uh, you know, uh, go, to the, go to the bank and they've got a place set up and they're gonna scan your eyes and they're gonna scan your right hand. And then, you know, you'll be able to use your money that comes in. I think when I do that, I have taken the mark. I have been marked. Now, I don't know if it's a real mark. I doubt that it's a real mark, but I believe that um, that, is, that, is the, that is the mark of the beast. You've been marked in the beast, basically, in the system. <coughs> For those who do it, you will voluntarily do it. It's not something that you can accidentally do. It's not something that they can make you do. Um, if you don't want to do it, you're not going to be able to buy, sell, barter, trade, or anything. And so you're going to be considered an enemy of the state if you don't do it. And I'm sure that there'll be, um, you know, uh, prisons and, and places for people who refuse to take the mark and um, where you'll probably be killed, uh, maybe even beheaded. Who knows? But they'll eliminate you from it. We know that because the Word of God says that when John looked under the altar, he saw a number that could not be counted. <coughs> and he asked, who are these clothed in white under the altar? And, and the angel said, but you know who they are. And he said, no, I don't. He said, these are those who came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes in their own blood. Basically, they died. They were martyrs. These were the martyrs. And they kept saying, how long, how long, how long, how long before you avenge us? <clears throat> and John said, just a little while longer, just a small season, just a little while. And so we know that there'll be people during the tribulation, during the great tribulation, who resist the Antichrist, who resist the beast uh, foundation and and the system of the beast and they will be killed however they're killed however they are killed they're killed and they're removed from the earth and they come to heaven okay now it says these that are under the altar I always found this interesting it said they have a specific rule they I mean a specific job in eternity they will serve the throne room day in and day out that the Sun shall never ever touch their skin which I thought was kind of interesting, which means they're in the New Jerusalem, they're in the city, which is what I believe. The sun is outside the city. That means they're never going to step outside the city. Yes, you made it to heaven during the tribulation. You could have gone up in the rapture, but you decided for whatever reason you didn't want to believe, you didn't want to commit. So now you're going to be in the throne room 24 hours a day, seven days a week for all of eternity, and the sun shall never touch your skin. So you're going to stay in the city forever. Yes, you get to make it heaven, but to me it seems like, you know, I would want to enjoy the, the, the new earth that God has, but that's just me. So there, there are rewards for those who go first. That is the ones who go in the rapture. It's just like if I were to die today before the rapture, I would go to heaven. I would go to that new Jerusalem. I would go to that new city. I believe that heaven is the new Jerusalem, the 1500 mile square. And I believe that it, it is in heaven, wherever heaven is. <coughs> That's why I believe when he brings it down and it, when he brings down the new Jerusalem, the city of, of you know, God, and he sets it down in Jerusalem, we're already inside. We don't have to leave heaven to come down to it. We're already inside. It's like a big, huge uh, um, uh, spaceship, and we come down in it, which sounds kind of crazy, but I mean, for all pra for, for, for 
better practical words for, you know, that's really what it is. It's some sort of device, it's some sort of container that we come down in. Um, it just happens to be called the new, the new city of God or the new Jerusalem. So, <clears throat> yes, there'll be people during the tribulation who get saved. Yes, there'll be people during the great tribulation who die and come to earth, I mean, who die and come to heaven. But I believe these things are happening. I believe we're seeing them happen around us. Look for when Russia starts pulling their troops from Ukraine and heading down to Syria, uh, specifically Damascus. And as U.S. Uh, as the U.S. gives Iran um, an agreement that says, you know, you can build a nuclear weapon and you can also start selling your oil, we are on a fast track to get out of here. Now, for those of you who don't know Christ, those of you who have, who have lived your life and you thought all this was just crazy and that this was just, you know, some babblings of some person who you thought had lost their minds years ago, I hope that you see this as real. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, look around and see what's happening. You're given a free preview of things to come. Repent of your sin. That's it. Just repent of your sin, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Now, once Christ comes in you and you, you invite him to be inside of you and, and lead you and guide you, um, you know, then, then that's the journey. You know, he can start to fix you. It's a slow process, but he'll start to fix you. But you have to accept the free gift. There's a free gift sitting on your table right now, and it's from Jesus. And inside is salvation, and all you have to do is pick it up and open it up. That's all you have to do. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to tithe. You don't have to pray. You don't have to do anything. You just have to pick up that gift and say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you came to this earth, lived as a man, and died as a man, but you were all God. And you rose again three days later, and now you sit at the right-hand side of the Father, speaking for everyone who you claw your children. And that's all. That's all you have to do. And, and you will be what's called saved. Now, you're not saved from death. Death is going to come to all of us. <coughs> Excuse me. Good gracious. You're saved. <coughs> you're saved from eternal death. Okay, Eternal damnation. Just remember, it's simple. If anybody makes it hard to become a Christian, to be saved, walk away because that is not God. That is not the tree of life, okay? That is the tree of good and evil. That is the tree of knowledge of good and evil, not the tree of life. The tree of life, simply, you take the fruit and eat it. The tree of good and evil, the knowledge of good and evil, is it's all intellectual. <coughs> it has to be from the heart. So anyway, that's my podcast for today. I hope you guys got something out of it in case I don't see you again or the rapture occurs or they've removed me from this world. I'll see you on the other side. Thank you.